really putting together a list of here are the things that I do all the time. One of my favorite ways to do this is to look at here's everything that I do every day, like even tracking it for like a whole week and saying, okay, what are all the things that are on these lists that I don't need to be doing anymore or that I'm not even good at or that I'm using because I need to control something. Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency. Hey, what's up? Digital Agencies podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with the one and only Melanie Spring. She is a fairy guide mother and leader of the Brilliant Rebellion. She works with humans who know they were made for more by giving them the tools to find the answers they already have and guiding them to their to live their best lives through their career and or businesses. And Melanie, uh, you've been on our show before, you've spoken on our stages, uh, and you've helped so many of our people uh, help them change their mindset, grow their businesses, be amazing on stages, and and so much more. Uh, Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I just got to ask, like, what does it mean to be a fairy guide mother? I just like, I love it. (laughs) But I'm also like, what is what, what 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 do I need a fairy guide mother? Am I ready for that yet? I don't know. What 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 does that mean? Well, if you ever think about childhood, like children's books, and how there were always the princesses, like all the girls wanted to be the princess. You have all the little girls, so I feel like you probably have seen princess things, correct? Um, I have two boys. You have two boys. Why do I? You're dear friends, and I'm just like. But occasionally we go to birthday I parties. Never hang out with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally we go to birthday parties. Uh, to be fair, we were just talking about Jen Buzz's kids uh, just before we came on, so easily uh, uh, easy to to uh, to, to uh, mistake. <laughs> but um, every once in a while, you've seen princesses. <laughs> yes, every once in a while we do go to kiddo birthday parties that are friends of my kids, and um, we are immersed. So I know immersed, I know what we're yes. talking about. Exactly. So when I was a little kid, I always thought the whole princess thing was bull. So I was like, I don't want to have like princess stuff. I don't want to be a princess. I don't want to look like a princess. And I grew up to be not a princess. But when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a fairy godmother. And so for Halloween each year, I would dress up in a blue dress and the foil, you know, the foil wand and the foil crown, and I would grant wishes for Halloween. And so when I was much older, my Rebels started saying that I was more of a guide because I'm not a coach. So they don't think of me as a coach. And they kept calling me like a mentor or a coach or something. And they were like, but you're like a guide, but you're more like a little fairy that comes around and just like gives us little things that go, oh, what a great idea. I never thought about that. And so I never also wanted to be a mother. And so I figured if I, as a woman, could be anything, I would want to be a, a godmother. And I was like, but really, that's like a fairy guide mother, if I'm to think about what I actually am. And people kept trying to put me in a little box and say, okay, but you're a coach. And I'm like, I'm not actually a coach by any stretch of the imagination. 
I'm helping people find their own answers. I'm not telling them what to do or coaching them to get to them to a certain place. I'm helping them figure out where they want to go and giving them a little support along the way. So they started calling me that, funny enough, even though I've always wanted to be that. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that's like, I mean, we see it in... I see it in the digital agency space. I mean, I see people wanting to get into this business. Maybe they're doing another, you know, they're working in another industry or another job, or maybe they even have another agency and they're thinking, oh, I want to, you know, I, I, maybe they have some kind of calling that's, that's wanting them to do a different line of work. I also know agency owners that are, you know, thinking about other lines of work, other kind of core purposes. How did you end up doing that? <laughs> like the speaking and speaker training that you were doing, you know, four or five years ago, right? I mean, that's a pretty big transition. It's actually not as much as you would think. It's I, I was a brand strategist for the first 20 years of my career. So everything I did was about helping people understand who they were and how they showed up in the world. Whether it was a big company or an entrepreneur, I was always thinking like, what makes you unique and what makes you different? So I was always going after the differentiator and figuring out why are they different? And then as I transitioned into helping people with speaking, that was an accident. And it was only because I was an international keynote speaker by the time I quit my agency. And people were like, yeah, but how did you do this? Like, you were just like really good at it, right? I was like, no, I was terrified of it when I first started. Like, I didn't want to do this. This wasn't like my calling. But I learned how to get good at it because I stopped thinking about what everyone else was thinking. I was like, well, if I'm up here giving a speech and telling people what they should do, I need to stop thinking about what they believe about me. What if I just showed up and said, I have a gift for you and I want to give it to you? How different does that make my speech? So being able to help people go, oh, I don't have to have a speaker voice and stand behind a podium and use a little flash thing. <laughs> like tell people, read the slides. <laughs> like, Don't do that. What if you got to be more you just amplified on a stage, which transitioned into the brilliant rebellion, which is taking like everything in my whole career and going, what? What would I do if I was able to help people step fully into the thing that they need to do with confidence and awareness and also clearing out the trauma, the triggers and all the other healing that we've had and help them get all the way back to their innate self, like the little kid who picked their Halloween costume. What did they really want to be and who did they really show up as and how can we get you all the way back to that? Mm. So that's that's the long and the short of how I got to where I am now. Yeah. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. I mean, it's interesting because my my kids are, we're, we're in that stage right now, not like stage of parenting, but like stage of the year where we are picking Halloween costumes and it's uh, it's interesting, but kids kids process it a little bit differently than adults do. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. My uh, my youngest got his dragon costume mm-hmm. thirty days before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Very clear on what he wanted. Yeah. He wears the costume every day around the house. Right. Um, he hasn't. We we don't let him wear it to school, but 
He wears it out. We'll, we'll see if it makes it all the way to Halloween. Um, <laughs> but very different conviction and, you know, very different, like, creativity and, like, I mean, I think there's there's something magical about that time of our life that somehow, as as you get into adulthood, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like you get a lot of, like, head trash or, oh, mm-hmm. I can't really do that or maybe I shouldn't do that. Like, the can'ts, the shouldn'ts, the won'ts, right? I mean, that starts to kind of creep in. So that's kind of like when people come to the Brilliant Rebellion, they're trying to find that inspiration, that guide, that that path. Yeah, I think most of it is the unlearning. It's the unbecoming. Because most of us, as we're growing up, I heard actually an incredible speech about this. Alan Watts gave a whole talk about this, where we treat children like aliens when they show up and we teach them how to be human as they start growing up. The problem is, is we adults are the aliens. We're the ones who just made up a whole bunch of stuff and like became these people because other people told us we had to do that. When children and their most innate selves without all the trauma and all the shoulds and all the must stuff and all the stuff adults put on them are their most human. And so what happens if we unlearn all the stuff that we've been told we have to do and we should do, we must become, and we've started unbecoming back to who are we innately? We're incredibly creative. Even if we're not the best at painting, when we were kids, we thought we were the best at painting. No, we I was I was the games. best at painting. The... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See? I'm just kidding. But it's not like we know who we are. We know what we like. We say what we want. We don't like if we don't want mac and cheese, we'll say, I don't want mac and cheese. I want broccoli. Like some kids do that, but over time we learn, oh, but broccoli is supposed to not be good. So I shouldn't want that. And there's the shoulds that we put on ourselves. And then other people, ourselves included, tell people, well, you must go to school and you must go to college and you must get a degree. And what you were really good in that one thing, you should focus on that. When in reality, why? Why are we doing that to people? Is there an answer to that? Or is there <laughs> is there <laughs> or is it more of more of the like maybe that's not if that if that's not if that narrative or that journey isn't serving me? Or if somebody's out there in the right. audience and they're feeling like, well, I've, I've kind of arrived at this place, maybe whether I have a business or I don't have a business or my business is successful or it's not successful, like I'm, I'm here. Right. How, how would I know if I need like a period of unlearning and discovery in order to find that next path? Well, a lot of times we find ourselves stuck. Like I didn't really want to be a brand strategist. So I over time, started getting really frustrated with the fact that that's what I was doing. I'm not somebody, (laughs) as a human, I don't like homework. Never, ever in my whole life have I liked homework. I would like to just do the thing and be done with it. That's it. That's what I want to do. And I started a branding agency with tons of homework. Like anytime I would set up some brand strategy for someone, I'd be like, look, here's a ton of homework that we have to do as a company. And I have to follow it all the way to the end. And people are like, oh, but why don't you do maintenance on websites? And I'm like, that's a lot of homework. Why would I want to do maintenance <laughs> on websites? Like, ugh. So I was thinking, I'm like, why did I even get into this in the first place? Oh, because I wasn't great at the stuff that I thought I needed to do. And I got really good at it. And it was really easy for me. So I just fell into it and was like, oh, I'll just do this. But why? Why did I do? So I went back to the beginning of why did I want to do that? Well, I like the creative piece of it. I like the brainstorming. I like to sit down with someone and like take all their stuff and put it on a piece of paper and be like, oh, look how amazing that is. So what if I got rid of all the stuff I thought I should do as a brand strategist and I started just doing the things I really wanted to do? 
like sitting on a call with for an hour with someone talking about life and why they are triggered or why they're people pleasing or why they aren't doing the work that they really want to be doing. Wow. I've talked to people about, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people in the branding space, both for our own work and also just the amount of agencies we work with. And, you know, and probably even a lot of our other agency owners that aren't necessarily branding, but I think branding in particular, the amount of like psychology, like this, <laughs> the amount of like therapy you probably had to do in a branding project. Um, Always. So, so that kind of, was that some of the influence for you of looking at some of that baggage and that stuff that people are bringing into their business or their life? Because you maybe had to deal with it uh, a lot with those types of clients. Well, I think I had to do a lot of it with myself. So as I was really starting to think about what I wanted to do, I went back to who I was innately and I didn't fit in anywhere. I was never like the other kids. I didn't like to do the same things everybody else liked to do. I wasn't good at school. I hated taking tests. Like as I started really looking at like, what did I like to do innately? What was I really good at? I was incredibly creative. I always thought outside the box. I was always saying no to things that everybody else wanted to do. So I'm like, why do I now try to fit into what other people are doing and why getting people to like me or getting people to follow this little checklist? What if we didn't do that? What if we broke the rules? What if we did everything differently? And so as I started thinking about that, I was like, yeah, but I've always done that. So when did I start putting myself in those little boxes? I even <laughs> recently started writing a book. I wrote three copies of the book. Like I wrote three fully different drafts and then quit my book contract <laughs> because they were trying to put me in a box. They said, no, but you have to write a 10 chapter book. It has to be 6,000 words a chapter. It has to follow this specific rhythm. It has to do all this stuff. And by the end of it, I was like, this is insanity. I just spent a year and a half of my life writing something I don't actually want to write because someone else told me I have to write it a certain way. Mm. I'm still doing it. It's an unlearning process. So I think the more I've done it for myself, the more I can see it in other people. And the more I can say, do you still want to keep doing that? Or would you like to do it differently? How does somebody go about unlearning? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm thinking about myself right now. I'm like, "Mm, I have some things I probably should unlearn. Yeah. Yes. Uh, No, I have a friend, Melanie. This friend... Needs to unlearn. Somebody just asked a question in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, uh, let me click over there. Yes. Oh, yes. The comments. Yes. How do I unlearn? Right. Uh, I guess. uh, Yeah. I mean, how do, how do people, I I understand it's probably a part of your, your process and how you work with people, but you know, maybe give us some, some, some nibbles. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing to really think about is where are the parts of your life where you're not so excited to be a part of it? Like, What are the meetings you're in that you're like, oh my God, I have to do this meeting again. What do you feel like when you get to Monday morning? What do you feel like when you get to Friday afternoon? What do you do on the weekends when you get to have time to do the things you want to be doing? Like, what are the things if you didn't have to worry about what anyone else thought, what would you delete from your calendar? Like, where are all those like, and I don't, I don't classify feelings in bad or good because all feelings are valid and wonderful, but What are the things that are causing you to feel nervous or anxious or frustrated or angry? And can we look at those things to go, do we want to continue doing this? And how can we shift these into something that will be wonderful and joyful and peaceful and relaxing rather than not fun? Yeah. How do you like, I guess I I look at, maybe I have like a weird, some weird relationships with the things that I'm I'm into. Um, (laughs) But like, I'm into like, 
I, I enjoy cycling and sometimes I bike for, you know, I enjoy endurance cycling and like sometimes it is hard to mm-hmm. like, you know, get up, you know, at 5 a.m., put in some miles. And I definitely, I'm like, I'm hot and cold. Like most of the time I'd say I'm pretty like warm, hot, hot to warm. But sometimes mm-hmm. I go through like cycles where I'm just like, man, this is like not, like I know I need to do it. And like just getting there is like really hard. And sometimes even during the workouts, it's like, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling that magic right now. And, but I also know that like for me to keep doing it, I do need to like show up and do the work. And sometimes the work isn't fun and sometimes it is uncomfortable. Like how do you discern like sometimes when, when you have to be okay with being bored or not satisfied with something with this isn't my purpose. This isn't the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Cause I have to imagine there is a, there's like a, there's a line there, right? There's a difference between, cause sometimes then I buy, I bike and I'm like, this is like, I'm so energized. I feel energy, you know, I'm like, I love this, you know, I'm like jamming and I'm having a good time. But like, if I stop doing it in between, if every time I felt like not doing it, if I just threw up my arms and was like, I got to unlearn this or whatever, like, I'd be like, I, I don't know if I would get to where I want to go with that. You know, like, how do you know the difference between something that's you're not meant to do versus like just some discomfort? Well, so you look at the bigger picture goal for it. So you would like to be, if you're going to be on your bicycle, you want to be able to do 100 miles without having to worry about how hard it is. So you're going to have to put in the miles in order to get to that. But the why behind, why do you want to do that century ride? Why do you want to do that mountain biking trail? Why do you want to do Like, What's the reason behind it? And if you can get down to the like specific, well, I know how high I feel when I get to go down that mountain or I get to do that, finish that race, right? No, that feeling. So that's where we back it up to is, okay, well then if that feeling is the thing you want to have, how can we start putting that into each of those rides? So we backtrack to what were you doing the night before when you woke up in the morning, and you're like, oh, I just want to do this. Let's look at that. What, what time did you get to bed that night? What did you do before you went to bed that night? What were the things that... So we would back it all the way up to, okay, how do we make it so that it's so easy for you to wake up at five and get on that bike? Well, I'm going to put on my clothes before I go to bed or I'm going to lay them next to my bed so I know if I get up, I just go. That's it. I'm going to start going to bed in my in my <laughs> cycling kit. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. I yeah. think your wife would I, I think, I think everybody <laughs> on this that's listening just like pictured, they're like, I think I just pictured Brent in spandex going to bed. Like I don't... <laughs> it's Lycra. It's not spandex. <laughs> so yeah, we back it all the way up to the beginning of like, what's the real reason? And do you actually want to do that? Like a lot of people set business goals. They're like, I want to hit a million dollars or a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars, or I want to sell my company. And instead of looking at like, okay, well, that's a great goal. We'd look at why do you want to do that? What's the real reason behind it? Well, I heard somebody who said that once and that seemed like a cool idea. That's not necessarily something that you're going to do if that's the reason. So we'd look at why do you want to sell that company? Well, I want more freedom. Well, okay, but can we look at creating more freedom in your life now? So it's not just like a hustle and hurry to get to freedom. It would look at like, okay, well, what's the freedom look like right this second? Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, I feel like it's easy to kind of get in that mindset of like, I'll be happy when dot, dot, dot. Right. Like, like once right. I it's have this thing, I'll have this. Yeah. Do you yeah. find like, how often does somebody go through the work and end up 
kind of doing the same thing that they were doing before, but like more in, in like a happier way. And I guess in the, I know you were, you were a brand strategist for many years. Maybe you have, you have trauma from that. I don't know. Maybe bringing up brand <laughs> strategy is, I don't know if it's a good thing, but like when we went through our, our branding project, uh, one of them for our, for you gurus, you know, one of our, like we went into it, like we want to change the name of the company. Cause sometimes we, we found it was like people, people had a hard time saying it, spelling right. it. It was like this whole thing, and like I don't know. It was just it, we had we had we had some head trash in it. We went through the branding process, and you know, so we came in. Hey, we're okay. gonna change our name, and out popular side like you gurus. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just kidding, right? Because um, I think we we ultimately started asking some of these questions that you're talking about, which is, well, why do we want to change the name, and 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 what what do we want out of a brand? And it was like, oh, we want it to be memorable. We want people to. Um, we want to be unique, right? Like it was like a lot of things. And then, and then, you know, everybody was in the room was like, well, it, we remember it because it's hard to say. And I was take a little, you know, uh, it's unique because right. nobody else is going to name the company that, um, right. you know, it's just like a lot of, a lot of things like that. So, so like how many people go through that kind of a process and once they dig deeper, like they end up being more satisfied or fulfilled with what they're already doing versus like these huge shifts, you know? Well, a lot of, I mean, the people who come in with a business that's already established and they're already doing a lot of that work, a lot of times it's mindset shifts. It's a lot of, okay, but are you doing the work that you need to be doing? Can you delegate some of the other stuff that you really don't need to be doing? Can you let go of control? Can you stop people pleasing? Like clear out all that stuff, move into a space of, okay, now I'm actually doing the work I want to be doing. And we didn't have to change anything. I just had to shift my own perspective. So that's the mindset piece. Where other people are like, I just sold my company and I don't know what to do with my life because I don't want to end up like my husband who's sitting on the couch watching TV all day. <laughs> it's, I would like to do something more with my life or I retired early or I decided I just didn't want to do this thing anymore. Kind of like what I did where I was like, I don't want to do this thing anymore, but I don't know what I want to do. So it took me a couple of years and iterations of sure, I'll be a speaker trainer because like, that's fine. It's easy, whatever. But realizing later, I didn't want to be a speaker trainer. I didn't want to, I don't want to compete with speaker coaches. I'm like, that's not really what I'm doing. I'm just like putting this label over the top of it to do the real work I want to be doing, which is really what I do now. Where sure, I could help with that piece of it, but writing a talk is easy. It's can you get up there and deliver it like the badass boss that you really are? That's the part that I want to work on with you. And that's more so of that purpose mindset. Kind of why one might need a fairy godmother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and asking for a friend, but people pleaser. How, how do you help somebody unprogram people pleasing? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I was just actually on a call about that. And one of my clients, she's a private client of mine, is like, I am people pleasing everything in my life that I would like to have control over. Because she's not a control freak. Everything she doesn't want to control, she's perfectly fine with like, yep, you do it. Go ahead, delegate, delegate, delegate. But then she kept talking about doing this retreat she wants to do. And she had a partner that she was working with and she kept saying, oh, it's fine, just do it. But she realized she was people-pleasing that person because when she'd get back to work, she'd be like, oh, this doesn't even look like me. Oh, that's because I actually want to do it. And I'm people-pleasing her to make her feel good about the fact that at least maybe she can have some input when I don't want her to have input. This is my baby. I want to do it. And so it's being able to shift into what parts of me do I have to just hide when I'm people-pleasing so that I don't feel anything. Like I can just not be upset, but later I get upset about it. When I can instead go, wait, I don't have to give that away or let someone else feel good about something just to make myself 
feel mad later. So looking at the end of it, kind of the same thing, looking at the end of it and feeling, okay, I don't want to feel frustration anymore. I want to feel relief and knowing that I'm keeping this and I'm okay with keeping this. Love it. We can talk about people pleasing for a long time. <laughs> that would be an easy one. <laughs> yeah, asking for a friend though. That was my... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the bigger picture for that is the, the realizing the thing that I learned the most about people pleasing was that I was manipulating people with it for a long time and I had no idea I was doing that because I was making people feel good by telling them what they wanted to hear rather than telling them what they needed to hear. But then in the end, I was always frustrated because I didn't say what I really meant. Or I would try to get them to come along on a journey with me because I know my energy can help with people. Like I can get people excited about something. That's something I know I can do. But that's manipulation and people pleasing. Because if they're not really excited about it and I got them to think that, they're going to be mad at me later because they never really were in the first place. Mm. Hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's www.e2msolutions.com forward slash U-G-U-R-U-S. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. You mentioned uh, two other things, similar, maybe different though, but letting go and delegating. I'm sure a lot of our audience has some, I mean, issues. Every, yeah, issues. <laughs> <laughs> some opportunities, Melanie. They have opportunities. Yes. <laughs> All the possibilities. I've been around Jen Buzza too long. She's like, we don't have, we have <laughs> like a weekly issues list. Like every time I come into our level 10 meetings, she's like, Opportunity actually like erases the template and like replaces it with anyways. Um, yeah, so like how because I know this is really common in the agency space because we got to get other people to do things. I mean, you could say that about every business, but I think in particularly in agencies, whether it's clients doing stuff or trying to expand beyond yourself, delegating and letting go of that stuff is a huge like part of everybody's growth journey. Right. Yeah. So really putting together a list of here are the things that I do all the time. One of my favorite ways to do this is to look at, here's everything that I do every day, like even tracking it for like a whole week and saying, okay, what are all the things that are on these lists that I don't need to be doing anymore or that I'm not even good at or that I'm using because I need to control something. So like accounting, not in my best stuff. Like I don't want to be doing anything with finance. I'm perfectly happy doing sales calls all day long and never having to deal with the money on the other end of it. <laughs> like administrative stuff, it makes me insane. So like looking at all of the stuff I do all week, what are the things that I can give to other people who are so happy to take those things because that's what they love to do. And so realizing the things that if I can go all the way down to, what is the one thing that I can be focused on all day, every day, or two things or three things that are in my wheelhouse that are not something that I could teach someone else how to do, those are the things that I stay focused on. So I delegate every single other possible thing that I can. There's a book by Dan Martell right now that um, he just came out with called Buy Back Your Time that was so helpful to do that because I kept getting stuck in, oh, well, I can't delegate that because 
I'm the only one who knows how to do it. And then I was like, oh, but I can also just record my screen while I'm doing it, <laughs> label it and hand it to an assistant later. Amazing. <laughs> I don't have to do it in the future. So being able to really think about how do I get rid of all the stuff that isn't in my wheelhouse because I'm an overpaid assistant. I'm a very overpaid, very not good bookkeeper. <laughs> so how do I get rid of those things so I can focus on the things I know I have to do because no one else can do them? And that's the problem I think a lot of entrepreneurs have is I'm going to get a salesperson. <laughs> no, <laughs> please don't. You're the salesperson. If you can't sell, go get a job. That's how this works. <laughs> Because until you can sell so well that you have to get another person to sell with you because you have so much coming in, that's the only time you get a salesperson. So that's my biggest tip on the delegation. <laughs> get rid of everything else that maybe you're holding on to that's not generating that value for the business and then and then right. come back to that. Yeah. Love yeah. it. I'm sure our audience, uh, I hope they have some notes. I have notes for a friend. <laughs> Um, do you have time to stick around for our lightning round? Absolutely. What is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received is to do morning pages. It's not really advice, really. It was a dedication. Morning pages are from the artist's way from Julia Cameron. And it's three pages of brain dumping every single morning before you do anything else. And I'm on day 47 and it is the best thing I think I've ever done at work or in business or in life because it's also regulated all my emotions. So three pages. I don't use a comment on lightning round, but three pages every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes like 20 to 45 minutes, depending on how distracted I get. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Waking up early and working out. Do you have a tool or app that you've been using lately that you think our listeners would find valuable? Turning off your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, one of the best things I've ever done. <laughs> um, what book would you recommend and why? What book would I recommend? Well, I just recommended Dan Martell's book. That was a good one. The other one I would recommend that I love is Rob Bell's Everything is Spiritual. It was one of the most life-transforming books I've ever read because it made all of the woo spiritual stuff make sense to a girl who grew up in a very conservative Christian house. Awesome. We will link out to Everything is Spiritual. Buy back your time on our show notes page. We will not link out to turn off your phone, but we'll say tool or tip, turn off your phone, right? That'll be the, uh, yeah, probably we all could do that a little bit oh, more. One of my favorite to do, Todoist is actually one of my favorite apps lately. Todoist. All right. Writing everything on a piece of paper. So that, that's helpful if you need an app. So we'll also link out to Todoist. Um, with, in parentheses, turn off your phone. <laughs> uh, check out our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll put all of the tips, takeaways, gold nuggets from today's episode, as well as links, all in one nice, neat place for you. Melanie, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Uh, you can check out the Brilliant Rebels Retreat or just Google Melanie Spring and you'll find me all over the place. Awesome. Highly recommend to check out the Brilliant Rebels Retreat. Go to the website. Some really cool stories and case studies and just people's uh, narrative about what they're getting from Melanie. And uh, yeah, I love what you're doing. I love the transformation. I love the constant evolving and growing and you're walking the walk. And uh, it's just 
it's been really awesome to have you on the show, but also just to be somebody that gets to to see you grow and change and help so many people and just feel really privileged. Thank you. It was awesome to hang out with you too. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 Lead Gen Strategies Checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency.